You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. All right, welcome in, welcome in. It is the 5th of July. Uh, happy Independence Day, everyone. Hopefully everybody was safe. And uh, um, welcome back. It's uh, the normal crew. Things are kind of normal right now. It's, things are disheveled around me, though. I'm, I'm uh, moving houses this week, so it's a little bit chaotic. But uh, yeah, I know. Gosh, it's, gonna be, it's one thing after another. But um Yep. So uh, welcome in. And this is probably my this is the last week of me recording in this area. So uh, I think it's going to be bright yellow walls behind me after this in the room. I'm going to be after this. So I think we should paint green personally. Green. That's Natalie. Yeah, we'll green. We'll, we'll green screen the whole room for you and we can make oh. it a 3D background. Yeah. Well, uh, let's see what the rental people allow me to to do. But uh, that's that's an idea. But uh, welcome in, Scott. It's been it's been a hot second. It has. And, uh, you know, it, with it's with so much going on, it feels like I haven't seen you since, uh, I don't know, it's been like two weeks, even like yeah. Tuesday. Tuesday you were off and then Thursday you were solo because I was out of town, uh, but I was in the background. But here we are. It's July. It's it's camp month. It's like football month now. It's here yeah. already. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about well, a long offseason. I'm like, baloney. The offseason's like two minutes. Are you joking? Yeah, July feels it's like a little bit shorter, though, on the news, but uh, that's okay. Everybody can, you know, enjoy themselves a little bit. And we got some likes coming in. Ramon, Gu- Ramon Guzman coming in with a like on Facebook. And Gary Leeds Palmer, of course, at the heart over on Facebook. If you haven't, guys, done, haven't done so yet, make sure you're liking, subscribing on YouTube and Facebook and uh, wherever you watch the shows. And uh, this is obviously Broncos for Breakfast. Let's say hello to some people in the chat since it's been a bit. I miss some of these faces. Ethan coming in saying the, D- the DWI guys, of course. Uh, good morning, gents in Broncos country. Good to see you, Ethan. And uh, Dale coming in. Afternoon, Ethan. He's, well, what about us, Dale? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Paul coming in. Happy to have the band back together. Good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos country. Hashtag Broncos for breakfast. And uh, Scott, what did you do? What did you do your weekend? Did you have a little bit of time off some family stuff? I don't know. What did I do? Uh, I drove back. Oh, God. Now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> you ever get so tired you just don't remember it's like you're blacking yeah. out yeah that's yep. where i was so i drove back from florida saturday morning uh went on a 90 minute walk in the afternoon in the three o'clock in the afternoon in the georgia weather and oh. then took my son to a baseball tryout where registration started at five but they didn't have pre-registration so they weren't expecting that many kids to show up and they didn't turn them loose till 11 o'clock at night for a baseball wow. tryout. So that was my Saturday. And my Sunday and Monday were just trying to recover and remember what happened the next day. So it's been 
I feel refreshed today. Today feels like Monday to me, and I feel refreshed. But freaking Sunday and Monday, I was so tired, I don't even remember what happened. I have to stop and think. Saturday was a long damn day. Well, I got over the Rona and uh, went on a backpacking trip. And uh, my friend recorded 40 miles and uh, 5,800 feet of elevation gain over the weekend. So I got some blisters on my feet. I'm a little bit tired. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, if you want to... Uh, if backpacking or hiking isn't hard enough for you, do it right after a uh, Rona infection. So uh, I'm feeling okay, though. I'm happy to be home into the chaos of moving now. But, uh, you know, that's life, right? One thing after another. Um, we got Ethan weighing in on the uh, or the topic of today, um, saying Muma should be the starting linebacker afternoon. Yeah. Muma. Yep. It's uh, We'll see how Muma does. We'll get a chance to see him this Where year. Where did he end up, actually? I, I couldn't even tell you. Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Oh, God. Who didn't? Yeah, right. They ended up he was like picked like right after the Broncos took. They're the running a, a one eight one formation this year. Yep. Nose yep, guard, like a, eight linebackers, and a safety. Yep. That's do they still have Miles Jack too? I mean, gosh, they signed uh they signed Foya Luakon. They mm-hmm. got they brought in another one and then they drafted Muma. So <clears throat> they're playing linebackers. Yeah, and I mean, not to get down the Jacksonville Jaguars talk here, but uh, they do play in the AFC South where you have uh, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor. It's probably a little mm-hmm. bit more important there to be sturdier at the linebacker position in the AFC West. It's less than a quarter of your games. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, oh, you got to win your division. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah. It's win it's, games. It's, those are those are four of 17 games. Yeah, true. Um, they still, that can make a difference. Know, you got to play them twice. And those, yeah. those head-to-heads matter to a yeah. certain extent. But it's a it's a strange strategy they employed in the offseason to to invest so heavily in the linebacker position. It definitely was. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. It definitely was. Um, we also have Dale coming back in saying, "Morning, Nick and Scott and Broncos country." Muma is not on the team. I'm thinking Griffith is going to stand out, and Singleton is just a depth piece. Uh, yeah, we'll get it in a second. I'll say hello to some every everybody in here. Sunny days with the uh, the smiling face, the coffee mug, the thumbs up, and the blue and orange hearts. We appreciate you, Sunny days. U.S. Dave's in the house saying morning all. Good to see you, uh, U.S. Dave. Hope you're doing well. I saw we had uh, BX Bronco Jedi. Good morning, fellas. Good to see you. Um, of course, we also had Peter Middleton saying last day in England. Hope you're having a great breakfast. Uh, Peter, let me know where you're on on the uh, the beans and toast combination out there in England. I tried it when I was out there. It was okay, um, but uh, I don't know. That's a, that's a weird kind of breakfast thing. Um, Dale coming in. Oh, we also have uh, Edward coming in saying, my guys, glad you're all back. Happy to be here as well. Gary Leeds Palmer saying a tip of the cup to Nick and Scott and all of Broncos country with the stars. Cheers to you, Gary. Thanks for the coffee this morning. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Gary. Getting the ball rolling there for us on uh, the kicking off the month. Also, we got Michael Ronquillo coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott on Broncos for breakfast. Let's ride and go Broncos. Michael rocking the, the new profile picture. Don't think I didn't notice. Good to see you, Michael. And, uh, we got Peter Middleton also, um, Coming in, and this is a topic about the linebacker position, saying, uh, where do you guys see uh, A.J. Johnson going? Um, I can't, or Alexander Johnson, whatever uh, he wants to go by. I can't see him being a Bronco. Griffith will be the other starter this year. Um, I could see if, God, knock on wood, but uh, Alexander Johnson would be a great piece for any team that loses a linebacker in minicamp coming up or the beginning of training camp or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's still a quality stack, you know, box linebacker. You're not going to ask him to cover much. But uh, he can accumulate tackles and uh, be strong in run support and not be totally out of position. So uh, he's definitely he's a valuable piece still out there. Yeah, I don't I don't know the and, and you answered that just like who's losing somebody. I just I don't know the rosters well enough to know who still needs an inside linebacker out there. I mean, he's a good player, 
he'd be an upgrade on most of the inside linebackers, but what's he willing to play for? It's a devalued position, which he is finding out um, as he has tested the free agent waters and is still out there. So he'll be able to sit back and pick a spot and he's going to have to probably do it for less money than he would want to, but he'll end up, he'll end up on a contender would be my guess. Yeah. I could see him on the Patriots or a team like that, where the linebackers are much more mm-hmm. funneled to. Obviously they got uh, some good guys there, but uh, that's a team that would make some it, it sense. It doesn't make sense for him to end up to hold out for the most amount of money for a team that's not in a cont- contending spot. One, he's older, so they're not going to invest the money that no. he wants into a player of his age. Two, it's a devalued position. Um, so I don't see him getting a big payday. I see him probably taking a pay cut of sorts and ended up playing for a better team. Not better than the Broncos. I mean, just better than, hey, better than the max value you could possibly get. Pick his spot. Yeah. He's going to end up, he'll end up playing for a contender would be my guess. And he's he's a fine linebacker. Now, everybody's really wanting that uh, coverage linebacker. But if you... Uh... You know, those guys are pretty rare uh, unicorns. It's kind of like, I, I want a, you know, a top 10 left tackle or uh, do everything running back. You know, like just not many of those guys out there when you do have them, they're valuable. Um, but a lot of times they're one thing that we found out over the past, you know, 10 years or so is that draft status for the linebacker position is probably one of the least correlated positions to success at the next level. So you don't really have to invest super highly in the position to get good value. And a lot of times also that the ones that, do hit the market. Um, you want to buyer beware. I mean, look at uh, Mosley with the Jets. Um, he's one that you want to be f- afraid of. Uh, not to the extent of running backs, but uh, they're definitely there where they hit that 30-year-old mark, and it's like, uh, not many of them are uh, hanging on. Yeah, and he's a veteran. There's no reason that he, he can be a guy that comes in the, the week before training camp and be ready to go, you know, yeah. or the week before, you know, the, the <clears throat> third game of the preseason, you sign him and he's in the starting lineup. So it, he doesn't need a whole lot of room, time to be acclimated to yeah. a system. He's a plug and play guy. He won't be in any hurry. I'm sure he'd like to be signed, mm-hmm. but he can he can wait and pick his choice and what's the best situation for him in September. It doesn't have to be July. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. It'll be curious to see where he goes. I good player, a lot of fun. Um, but uh like you mentioned, devalued position and uh, still out there. We got Dom coming in saying good morning, Nick and Scott in Broncos Country. Glad to have everyone, uh glad everyone is back for the Broncos, Denver Broncos for life. Good to see you. We also got S Ram bomb zero zero one. That's a name I don't recognize. So welcome in. I'm um, saying good morning, Broncos nation. Um, good to see you in here as well. Peter also coming back in saying, uh, thanks for the nice discussion on it. Pats are a good call. Totally agree that he's waiting for a contender. Also, Jared's in here <clears throat> saying a uh, happy fourth, everybody. Good to see you, Jared. Uh, Meyer. <clears throat> so, uh, let's get into this, Scott. We're talking, uh, the Broncos linebackers here. And, uh, I guess the first thing we need to talk about here is Josie Jewell. Are we feeling good about putting him down in Sharpie as the one of the Broncos' two uh, starting stack linebackers this season, or is there more of a discussion there than uh, we than we are we've had to date? I think it's still a dry erase board, honestly. Um, again, I think the the upside that Jonas Griffith brings makes it very interesting. Now, when they say the starting linebacker next to is that even a case? You know, we've talked about this a lot, Nick, that yeah, it might be a base three, four. How many times out of a hundred percent of your snaps, are you going to be having two inside linebackers on the field? You know, so what is it really your base offense base, base defense. then? so I love, I think if you've got two on there, he's, uh, he's definitely one of the two. Um, But if you're going out there with one, which you're going to be a lot, how often is he going to be the one out there? 
Uh, Jonas Griffith, I, I like I said, I love his, his size and his athletic upside. Uh, Alex Singleton, to me, is a steady type. Um, gets a job done, but not necessarily a huge playmaker, which is fine for this defense, mm-hmm. which you're looking for. And then Josie Jewell is that plus. He's that familiar with some good leader, all of those type of things. So I think there's going to be a fairly solid rotation in there. And if you're going to say a base 3-4, yeah, you can write his name. You can write his name in there. But how often are they going to be in that base? And how often will he be a single in the middle? I think that's the question. Yeah, I think that I would put uh, Josie Jewell in pen. Um, the only reason that, you know, not Sharpie, so to speak, is uh, it's the injury questions. Um, can he you know, stay healthy or whatnot? But uh, I think the linebacker position, it's much more, it's kind of like the quarterback where, you know, it's great to have the tools. It's great to have the big arm. It's great to be the athlete and everything. But uh, it's really a neck up uh, position, uh, more or less, at least at uh, starters. And not that Jonas Griffith can't be intelligent, but we've had multiple coaching staffs come through here now and praise uh, Josie Jewell for what he's done. I mean, former fourth round pick from the University of Iowa. I think he was a zero star recruit uh, growing up on a turkey farm in Decorah, Iowa. And, uh, you know, he's been kind of doubted his whole career and just kept making plays because he processes things so well. And he's actually an underrated athlete. Um, he, he's, I think he was like in the 96th percentile on his three cone. His uh, short shuttle was really, really fast as well. So he's got good agilities. My biggest issue with Josie Jewell, honestly, is uh, his size. He's actually pretty diminutive, and that can be issues sometimes taking on block and uh, filling up zone uh, when he drops into zone coverage. But Either way, um, I think he is the starter. He might not be the green dot wearer. That might end up being Justin Simmons in the end. But uh, I think for the linebacker position, especially if you're playing less of them, I would sacrifice a little bit of coverage upside slash athleticism if it means that linebacker is consistently in the right place, making the right checks to the line of scrimmage. Because if you are, they're going to set up the linebacker position where even if he's getting quote unquote beat. It's not going to be getting burnt. The guys who get burnt are the ones that are getting their hips, their eyes in the wrong spot and creating a massive void and ruining the entire integrity of the back seven of the defense. Um, and I got this guy kind of dunk on a lot, but I really disliked him coming out. And uh, he still is a huge issue for this defense and Kenneth Murray for the chargers, great athlete, but he gives away as many plays as he makes out there on the chargers defense. Cause he's constantly guessing wrong and you can't have that with the linebacker position. Um, I guess the only position you can't have that more so with is the safety position, but still it makes you really vulnerable. And you don't get that with Josie Jewell. So uh, he's very, very uh, steady. And uh, I would expect him to be the starter this year. No, we say it all the time, but the farther away from the ball, the more the athleticism matters, mm-hmm. the closer you are to the ball, the more the things you can't measure matters. That counts for center. That counts for inside linebacker. That counts for quarterback where it yeah. doesn't count as running back. So the guy right behind the right behind the ball, He's got to be an athlete. That's where that's where that's the exception to that rule. DT also, I would say. You want you want some massive you want some athletes at defensive tackle if you can. Yeah, 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 for sure. So yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> absolutely. So um, yes, those are the two exceptions. Otherwise, it's it's more about <clears throat> the intangibles. Not more, but it's yeah. as important the intangibles as it is. Uh, you know, if you if you've got that freak guy that you're talking about in Kenneth Murray, sounds like you move him outside and put him at edge. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's part of the question about Baron Browning, you know, is did, did did he get moved before he becomes Kenneth Murray? Does he have, you know, listen, he's not he doesn't read the game as well as Josie Jewell. He doesn't line people up as well as Josie Jewell. Let's put Josie there and take care and take advantage of Baron's uh, athleticism on the outside. That's logical. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't know if that's the case or not, but that certainly makes sense. You know, when we're talking about, again, a scheme that doesn't value the inside linebacker position as much, isn't going to use them as much on the field. And I've got a guy that's going to do everything I want to do. Let's find a way to get Barron on the field. Again, we've had that discussion several times and the more and more we talk ourselves into it, the more and more it makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, I wish I could, I'd be way too much work. I don't have the time for it, but to go back and kind of look at the early Baron Browning discussion, because I was very much on the, could he play edge? Cause it's a more valuable spot. You have questions about Von Miller and Bradley Chubb long-term. And uh, if, let's say you can get an average player at the edge spot versus an average player at the stack linebacker spot. It's probably twice as much value uh, monetary wise, maybe even more on the open market uh, for Browning at edge uh, than you would get at that second linebacker spot. So um Curious to see what happens with him. He's definitely a part of this discussion as well. We'll circle back around. But um, yeah, again, I know that uh, Ethan especially likes to give us a hard time about uh, Josie Jules saying he's a special teamer at best. But uh, he's going to be a solid player for them there. Not a superstar, but I don't think you need a superstar at the linebacker position in today's NFL. It's much more about, you know, uh, can you rush the passer? Can you cover Um, and the cornerbacks and the pass rushing spots? All right. Speaking of Josie Jewell and the injury, uh, my brother-in-law is a a physical therapist doctor, and he's been doing it for years. You know, we're, we're older guys. He's not as old as I am, but yeah. he uh, he started off as a trainer, you know, for a college football team, and he's worked his way up and did it. And I asked him, uh, you know, he doesn't know anything about the Broncos or anything. I said, how weird is this? You know, we've talked about how I mean, I could go, we Nick, we could go ten more years without hearing about two pectoral tears. Period. I don't mean just on one team. I mean at all. Uh, to have the same player, he goes, first thing he said, just right out of his mouth, he goes, that's that's bad training. Um, and then the next thing he said, he goes, you know, the other part that you have to consider is maybe they had been having shoulder problems and had been getting cortisone shots in there and something forms, that it, you know, a, a not a mass or something, but, you know, where it tightens up so much that that's where they end up tearing that. And I'm like, huh, interesting. And I was afraid of this, Ethan. Um when I went and looked at YouTube, it wasn't running automatically. So let me type in a hello. Are we are live? Because uh, Ethan's asking if we are live, and he's missed the first fifteen minutes of the discussion. So we need to do that every morning. Um, and if someone else is, you know, watching, so hey, we're live. Just hit refresh, so they can refresh their their stream on YouTube. Because I went and checked something on YouTube, and I still had this flash screen, and it didn't uh, it didn't start. And that's been a problem recently. So. Mm-hmm. Again, the training questions that went in, it's too, it's just, I do believe in coincidence, um, but two torn pectorals from two linebackers on the same team in the same season. Come on, that's crazy. It that is, is crazy. crazy. So there was, there was something going on behind the scenes there uh, that, that helped contribute to that. Yeah. Yep. Um, and Dale saying, looks like you're still having some after effects from Rona, just a little bit of a, uh coughing stuff up but i'm feeling significantly better a little tired but that might be from the uh the backpacking trip on the way out we uh i tried to get ahead to get my group a campsite and i probably did let me see six and a half miles in about three hours i was booking it like a 40 pound pack down the mountain it was a good time my knees are feeling it though this morning um we also got falling sloth coming in saying good morning broncos country good to see you um chris jenkins morning fellas morning broncos family good to see you callum f uh coming in Looking like he's holding, God, that's a monster fish there. Um, saying, uh, can't wait for the NFL season to start and come on TV in the UK. Absolutely. Also saw the Russell Wilson uh, was over there promoting the UK game as well with us here. I talk about a uh, a power couple. Maybe they're not uh, 
Tom Brady and Giselle Bunch, but that might be the second most uh, notable power couple in the NFL. Um, in do you think? I mean, we're talking this is offseason talk to a peak, but uh, power couples in the NFL, I can't think of anybody. I think Q ratings and that that no one else really comes to mind. Um, okay. You know, Aaron Rodgers by himself is is pretty big. Patrick Mahomes by himself is is pretty big, but I can't think of anybody else that has you know the 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 notable significant other that's every bit as much i mean you know on the international level there's a a center back for barcelona arguably the biggest club in the world top three and he's married to uh shakira so (laughs) that that might be number one for for worldwide but in the nfl that's that one's pretty tough yeah i can't think of any other ones that really oh eric decker with his wife jesse decker who was a, a country music star there for a bit i'm not into the country music so yeah that that's, was that's that's good but it's not it doesn't uh it, it doesn't register the q rating the same as uh, as russell wilson and sierra i forgot reggie bush and uh kim kardashian were together for a hot second too <laughs> nope um no okay uh those are the only ones that really stick out to me so uh um, yeah, Russell Wilson over there um, looked like a good time and uh, excited for NFL to come back also in uh, not just the UK, but everywhere. Um, we got Wyatt coming in saying Jewel is the anchor of the defense that most people don't want to admit. Um, would you <clears throat> would you argue that Jewel's the anchor of the defense? I think it's probably Justin Simmons. I think, I think this is up probably there. Justin Simmons's team. Um, if you listen to uh, Carl Mecklenburg's segment and actually I cut it up as a segment. If you scroll through the, the timeline, you can find it talking about what why he really likes Josie Jewell. And it's just because he's helping other guys make plays that you don't get to see by getting them lined up. We talked about this with was uh Nicobe Dean, the Georgia mm-hmm. linebacker, you know, getting in a guy's face saying, okay, this is how you do this, and then loving him up when he did it. That's Josie Jewell also, you know, mm-hmm. the quarterback of the defense. Um, is he the anchor? I think you you'd notice Justin Simmons not being there more than you'd notice Josie Jewell not being there. So um, I don't know if I'd go so that far, but I think he's a very valuable piece, Wyatt. Absolutely. I think he is definitely underrated. I know for a fact coming into last season, he was overrated just based on the descriptions I was getting versus me then putting eyeballs on him. I'm like, you guys are underselling this cat. He's He can play. Yeah. Uh, so it was a shame he he did. It was a shame he got hurt because he, he started off at a really high level last year. And I'm glad it wasn't a lower body injury. So his... He should be back a hundred percent. You know, yeah. there shouldn't be any 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 residual wear on those legs um, where he can come back and be just as fast, just as quick. Because he, I was impressed with his lateral movement, his sideline to sideline uh, ability relative to the scouting report I was being given on Josie Jewell. Yeah, nope. He's a uh, he's a good one, um, solid, and uh, happy the Broncos have him back. Obviously, you always want better and uh, the linebacker position is very romanticized in uh, all NFL fan bases. I don't know what it is. Um, it's such a visceral uh, position, you know, and they make the big hits and whatnot and the leader and whatnot and a very, you know, a lot of NFL lore is written with the linebacker being the well, face. They, they the were defense. free to run, you know, yep. so they were visible in a, in a game where they're wearing helmets. It's not like basketball or even baseball, you know, where the NBA gave up on teams a long time ago and started marketing the individuals. It's tougher to do that in the NFL because they're gladiators out there. You can't see them, but I can see Dick Butkus running like a madman over there while the guys in the trenches are, you know, stationary for the most part. So on defense, when there's less passing involved back in the day, 
the inside linebacker was the most mobile, most visible player out there. And yeah, it got romanticized and they're tough as hell too. So um, it got romanticized. The game has changed a little bit. Um, I wouldn't say I saw the tail end of that era. I mean, I grew up with Mike Singletary. um, And then the next was Brian Urlacher, you know, and that might be as close to the end of that era as we've seen, but you know, Ray Lewis. I grew up with the linebackers, you know, yeah. Lawrence, you know, Lawrence Taylor, Mike Singletary, all those guys were faces of their franchises. And it was fun. You know, those guys yeah. were, you know, dare I say it, but they were men. They were men's men. <laughs> uh, am I allowed to say that anymore? You know, or is now that you know, toxic? But they were, they were guys that you're like, okay, I want to be like that guy. Those guys yeah. are, those guys are badasses. Yep. Yeah. Good players. I mean, when you have a great linebacker, it's, really fun. I will never forget uh, when I was very early in the NFL draft process would have been the 2012 draft where I'm scouting and uh, come across Luke Keekley's tape at BC. And it's like, holy, sh- <laughs> this is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, there are a lot direction of changers, you know, when they arrive at a pile and the pile goes the other direction, you know, Keekley's like that. And, and you, yeah. you've got to be a little different to be able to change the direction of a ball carrier or a pile. There's not many of them out there. It sounds simple enough, but there's not many of them out there that will simply change the direction of the ball carrier the way, you know, these linebackers that we romanticize can. Yep. There's a couple in the NFL now. Um, I think Darius Leonard is incredible. Fred Warner is incredible. Micah Parsons is incredible, but it's in a different way. Micah Parsons is like a Lawrence Taylor kind of incredible where his his surplus value is coming because you can line up at edge. He's more cheetah than male lion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah the male lions are kind of chill and then when they attack yeah. you're like oh my god yeah you know the, and then and then micah parsons is just you know he's a little bit li- a little bit lighter almost seems like but he's just so athletic that yep. just impressive like a we mentioned the jaguars the jaguars are like that real yep. jaguars and we talked Dive about earlier. water and yanking a crocodile out of the water oh yeah <laughs> anyway Monsters. nature show brought to you by scott and nick and yes, now we're gonna do the rest of the show 25 minutes is kicking in nicely thank you for asking for $5, you guys can get Scott to do David Attenborough for the rest of the show. No, I'm, uh, okay, so Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, morning, guys. Happy 5th. Let's go make this bread. Good morning to you, Lawrence. Uh, maybe stars here. Uh, regardless, we appreciate you. Um, we also have Chris Jenkins saying, morning, guys. Can't stay long. Start a new job today. Congrats, Chris. That's Congrats, awesome. dude. Yeah, that's, that's great. We love to see this community thriving. <clears throat> Excuse me. I uh, just wanted to stop and say hi to my other family. That's great. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. Hope you're doing well. I'm falling south. I'll say congrats, Chris, and good luck. Absolutely. Um, and also, Wyatt coming in saying, isn't it a peck that's hindered Derek Wolf while he was here, or was that a bicep? I can't remember. He had a, multi- a multitude of injuries there at the end. That uh, it's kind of they stacked on each other, and he's still dealing with injuries. So, um, unsure of that one. But uh, Derek Wolf, you know, hopefully he's well. I think he's injured again, though, and might be out for this season. Um, I'm unsure. That's the, that's the way it goes, man. Once you turn 30 in the NFL, those injuries really start to stack up. Um, we got Chris Beeston coming in saying, morning, everyone. Good to see you, Chris. Um, and also we have uh, some people over on uh, Fallen Sloth saying, YouTube has always done that for me, maybe because I'm usually using a mobile device. Interesting. Yeah, maybe when we uh, end the show, it asks, like, can you improve anything? Maybe that's what we'll put in the, uh, the blip saying, hey, the YouTube won't automatically start. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Or isn't, and maybe that's on the YouTube sign, but it is hindering. And we just need to remember, you know, to type in the chat, 
Uh, we are live and going back through some of our, our favorite players is Bruce Smith and Reggie White were DEs, weren't they? Uh, Reggie White would bounce inside and outside. He played at about 300 pounds. So he, he played tackle a lot and then he played end mm-hmm. a lot. Bruce Smith was pure end. He played at about 275, 280, uh, two of the best all time, without a doubt, two of the best all time players in the history of this game. Yeah. <clears throat> very, very good. And David John coming in over on Facebook. This name I don't recognize. So uh, good morning to you. Hope you had a good 4th of July weekend uh, saying, uh, if I remember the pec tears were in games as such muscle tears could be due to poor tackling technique, technique, which could get attributed to coaching rather than training. I don't know enough about the physiology of that and uh, breaking down like the exact uh, tackles where they got injured to uh, put to, have an opinion on that but th- this is an interesting theory and one that i haven't uh considered before i mean this you're playing a very physical game against some very strong men so this is very possible you don't see it in the, the nfl very often one of them is is a freak occurrence two of them is unbelievable i mean that's like oh yeah you got struck by lightning <clears throat> twice i mean that's and linebackers have been tackling their whole lives you know yeah. they've probably made five thousand tackles in their lives these guys by the time they've made it to this point between practices and youth football and everything that I don't know it, it could be technique it could just be f- complete freak of nature I got bent around backwards something happened and it, it could be but it's just again David we'll go 10 years before we see two torn pectorals in the NFL I mean yeah. it won't be that long it happens more often than that but I, I honestly you never hear torn pectorals and sometimes when you do, it's from it's it's like training. They do it lifting, you know, when you're when you're you're maxing out on bench press or you know doing some doing something like that. You do it when you're lifting, not playing. So the fact that it happened on field, I can't remember that ever happened. I've heard of guys doing it again lifting, and it looks like they got hit with a two by four. It like bruises all the way down to their hip when it happens. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's. Uh... <clears throat> Rough man. This is why we're sitting here talking rather than <laughs> playing the game. That's not the only reason, but man, I can't, I can't imagine. Um, we got Vic Chen coming in saying, "Hey, hey, <clears throat> hey, guys, man, excuse me." Um, and uh, Tracy's baby coming in saying, "Alex Singleton is going to be a breakout player, very versatile." Uh, yeah, let's get into this a little bit. We haven't talked as much about Griffith and Singleton yet, but uh, I think myself included, very much sleeping on Alex Singleton as a possible. Sp- starter on the Broncos. I mean, if we're going to be starting, you might as well list like 13 players, list another interior defensive lineman, list a fifth or sixth defensive back, and then that uh, second linebacker as well. But Alex Singleton definitely has a chance to be a starter. He's accumulated a lot of tackles uh, for the Eagles. I think he was the leading tackler for the Philadelphia Eagles, both of the last two seasons. Granted, tackles are a, tackles can lie. Um, That's very much a scheme stat as much as anything. Um, But, uh, Definitely has a possible, and we talked about it earlier, you know, the ceiling versus the floor argument. Singleton comes in, and he really raises the floor of your linebacker position. You know what you're going to get from him. Is he going to be spectacular? No, but he's also not going to make a lot of mistakes and get out of position and leave your back of your defense vulnerable for explosive plays. So definitely think there's a chance for Singleton. I think the reason I push back so much when they first signed Singleton is because uh, when I looked at it on paper, it meant that Singleton was beating out Baron Browning. That was before we had more and more information coming out that Browning was going to make that full transition to that edge rusher spot. So now it's a little bit more of a question. I'd rather have Jonas Griffith. You guys can go back, you know, I guess, you know, nine months where I'm like, guys, like I'm hearing from my people that in the Valley, there's a lot of buzz surrounding Jonas Griffith. They really like this kid. 
Um, and here we are. A lot of moves they've made have indicated that uh, that wasn't just, you know, some BS being pushed by one person who's friends with them in the organization. Um, that's uh, there might be something there, but still bringing in Singleton. If Jonas Griffith proves he's not quite ready or it's a little bit too much for him, Singleton can come in and provide some value. Yeah, and uh, sorry, Luke is saying, Luke is saying good morning, um, Nick and Scott. I'm so tired. Me and my buddies were going crazy last night hitting the fireworks with tennis rackets. And we wonder, why did they outlaw cherry bombs again? That was a discussion we had at our dinner table last night were M80s and cherry bombs. Uh, glad you're here to stay with us, Luke. And Singleton saying a backup for the Broncos that slid the Eagles and tackles the last two seasons. An interesting pickup. I wanted to highlight this comment because a guy that's had close to 300 tackles the last two seasons, you cannot discount yeah. You know, why are we discounting him for the same reason that it's so hard to come up as an undrafted free agent, as a lower draft pick, as a forgotten man? Because you don't get the opportunities as much because there hasn't been the investment. This guy's had 300 tackles in the last two years. You can't write a guy like him off. Yeah. Uh, that's, again, you're talking about if that's the worst you get, it's like, okay, he's our, our, our third string, fourth string, he's our, our backup. Well, you're going to be in pretty good shape. The guy is a good football player. Is he the sexiest name in the world? You know, he did, was he a former first-round pick or second-round pick with all the accolades? No, he's outplayed most of those guys. Yeah. You know, he's the one that's done it and had the production. So why they decided to let him go, I could look it up, but I, I don't remember. But he's uber-productive, and he's cheap. Don't write a guy like that off. He's going he's gonna to play like every down is his last because, you know, when you're coming from that type of background, it could be. It could be. Uh, good comment, Peter. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. I mean, it's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, you, there are the stats and the classic statistics, but teams are going away. I don't know. Is it, who is it in here that's really anti-analytics? But teams are going away from the classic statistics stats to dictate contracts and whatnot. Otherwise, Alex Singleton would have gotten paid. Somebody would have bit on Malik Reed, if that was the case too, this off season when they put the original round tender on him as a UDFA, but alas, um, the advanced analytics and the tape um, kind of tell a different story, but Alex Singleton, I mean, the contract to me says backup player that mm -hmm. if he's playing, it means something went wrong. Cause a one year, $1.115 million contract is nothing um, on the, I'm surprised he couldn't get more than that. Honestly, it's, I mean, linebackers are devalued and he's kind of a, limited tools in the tool uh, toolbox, a player as well. So I am surprised as well. I do wonder if he maybe had some other contracts on how, the table, I mean, but um, how much went, different than it was, it was in Foyer, Luacon or Deion Jones, you know, 140 uh, tackles on the inside. I mean, I, uh, I'm looking up his numbers, you know, and, and, and Foyer, Luacon comes out as a six round pick third year. He's a, he's a little bit younger. That's one of the things it looks like he came into the league at 25 years old or was a practice squad guy, but, Again, you know, for one one on a guy that had 140 tackles, that's a bargain. <laughs> um, and it looks like you know he was practice squad guy for a long time, and maybe you get that rap. But as, when he got his chance as a starter, because he's with the Seahawks, with the Vikings, and then plays uh, three years and makes the field with the Eagles, um, so he has been in the league for a while. He just didn't get a chance until he got to the Eagles, and when he got his chance, by God, he earned it. 100 he 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 kept it 140 tackles on eight starts come on man yeah he can play he can yeah. play question Don't is, is this he, guy off is he going to be the best linebacker from montana state in the nfl this year that's the question no um, no okay no troy anderson's a beast <laughs> yeah if troy if anderson's healthy. a beast i'm a i'm a big fan of his yeah absolutely 
Hello to a few more people in here. Albert Knoppers. Good morning, Nick and Scott. Good to see you. Chase Wellner. Morning, fellows. Hope you're feeling better, Nick. I'm feeling like uh, not a million bucks, but, you know, close. I'm just tired from the backpacking trip, and I need some new uh, inserts or insoles uh, for my shoes. Mine mm-hmm. are starting to be grade, graded down into dust, so uh, going to be better there. Um, we also have a question here from Colin Wood asking, uh, when did the pass rush studs go from defensive ends to outside linebackers and then to edge? I would say in the last decade, especially as teams have uh, the NFL draft has become more and more popular. Uh, the terminology has changed a bit because you have guys that when they're coming out, they fit into either one. So why not just have a singular word for them? Also um, over the last 10 years or so, teams are far less static in their four, three or three, four base. You have much more hybrid fronts going on there um, and a lot more uh, nickel and dime kind of stuff. But really, the the differences in the the gapping up front is a big difference uh, in the league. So I think it's just more of a a catch-all term to fit those guys because sometimes you have your alignment would your outside linebackers line up as a defensive end. Why not just call them edge? That's what I was going to say, Nick, is and and Colin is depending on how they're lined up. Those are all three the same position. You know, a defensive end, stand up outside linebacker, a stand up defensive end is an outside linebacker. And an edge is an outside linebacker that's rushing the passer. I mean, that's that's uh, they they can all be the same positions. Now, again, big and fast never goes out of style. So if you can have Reggie White and you can have Aaron Donald and you can get those guys who can rush the passer in a four man front, then they're still going to be the most valuable guys on your defense. Yep. They're just hard to come by. They're they're really rare. I mean, we're talking about just a few guys here, Bruce Smith and Reggie White. Those are two of the best all time. Um, you know, a lot of times this, the you know, Michael Strahan was was one of those guys, but you know, there there's not a lot of them in the history of this game and that's what makes them so special when you can get a four a guy on the front four who can get after the passer like that. Otherwise they need a little bit more space because you can double team a guy in a four man front. You can, mm-hmm. you can, if you can ISO him on one tackle, then you, you're going to have problems over the course mm-hmm. of 16 games. Um, but you can move your, your linebackers around. Um, mm-hmm. You can, you know, send them out wide and, and try and ISO them on a tight end or on a tackle, but inside for me, those are your most valuable players. If I, I've, I've, y'all have heard me say it a zillion times, the best defense in the world is if I can get pressure with my four-man front. Oh yeah. Um, even if it's a three, if it's a three-four, and I rush four, one of the one of the outside linebackers becomes a, de- a stand-up defensive end, edge, however you want to say it. I'm only rushing four, and I'm dropping seven in a coverage. I'm going to be really, really tough to beat if I can get pressure with four guys. Yep. So those are still the most valuable guys. It's just they're pretty rare. They're hard to come by. Yep. And a lot of times there is actually strong correlation to early draft picks succeeding um, for those positions because the athleticism tends to translate and it's tangible. Um, so, uh, Kayleon, hello yeah, to you, Kayleon. Just to, to continue on this one, Nick, um, Colin says, weren't DEs bigger, heavier guys than the edge rushers of today? Again, it depends on the scheme. Um, an edge these days is basically what we would consider a stand-up defensive end, an outside linebacker that walks up to the edge and he's rushing primarily because it's usually in a three, four and you've got three bigger guys in the middle. So it became, it depends on the scheme. Again, we've come up with all these newfangled schemes and I mean, names and descriptions, the game itself hasn't changed that much over the last 40 years. Uh, some of the terminology has, so it just depends on your scheme. A lot of times in how you want to play, you might have four big 
defensive lineman in your four three. Um, but you can have lighter guys. And, and it, typically, your defensive ends, your big defensive ends, are the interior linemen in a three four. Mm-hmm. Your four three guys are usually in the two sixty five to two seventy range, and sometimes they can be bigger than that. Your four three ends. If you're playing a three four, your ends are basically defensive tackles playing inside. And then you've got lighter, faster guys out on the edge as outside linebackers. So again, it's it depends on how you line them up and how you want to use them. Um, closer you get to the ball and the inside, the bigger you need to be. <laughs> yep. Typically. Um, but yeah, it's just because the defensive end in a four three is a different spot than in a three four. And when you go to a four two five, it's even a little different, more different than so I think edge is just a better catch all. Uh, for that position on the field. Um, we have Clayton here on coming in saying morning guys. Good to see you Clayton. He also says smash that like button. Happy fourth Bama X is in here. Good morning, Broncos country. Um, we also have uh, chase coming in saying we'll probably only keep three linebackers on the active roster. Right. Um, definitely seems possible. <clears throat> the big question here, and this is something that we would have a hard time talking about right now, given it's a new coaching staff and everything, but the, the special teams value um, who you might keep a fourth guy on there uh, just for that reason. But right now, I mean, Justin Stranod probably on the way out. There's a few other linebackers that I can't see making the Broncos roster right now. Injuries could change things. So could special teams. I think you'll have four, even if you include one as a hybrid, like Baron Browning. Browning. I think you have to have four. Cause if you're playing, if you're playing a scheme where you're going to have two on the field at any given time, then you're going to want a couple of backups. And then as Nick says on special teams as well. So, you know, I don't want Josie Jewell, being on the field for, you know, an 11 game series, an 11 uh, snap series, and then needing to play punt coverage or a kickoff Mm -hmm. coverage or whatever, you know? So um, I think, and and what is, uh, what is it? 48 it's 53 is the the active. And then game day is like 48, I believe. I think so. Yeah. So, you know, that will, I would, I would expect to see four guys that can play four guys that can play inside linebacker uh, on the 53. You might not dress all of them, on game day, depending on who you're playing against, um, how you're moving guys back and forth. Uh, but I would expect to see four. Yeah. <clears throat> Makes a lot of sense. I'm um, also Nick Benito has some hybrid ability as well that he can kind of probably play that second level stack linebacker spot in a pinch if need be. Um, the one that sticks out here to me looking over the Broncos roster that maybe is a dark horse to make the team is a uh, Mauga um, from uh, USC. I know that he was uh, spoken up a bit during uh the OTAs. So uh, keep an eye for him in training camp and preseason. There's a very back end of the roster guy, but those are kind of some fun ones to watch. Um, Jeremy's in the house. Good to see you, Jeremy. Good morning, boys. Great to see you. Sounds um, like a good practice nope. squad guy, honestly. Chase coming in. This is the guy who was talking about Mauga. Yeah. So yeah. sounds we'll like a practice squad guy for me. You know, maybe he makes it as a special teams demon. Again, that was a big emphasis in, in this draft. We heard it a lot. You know, we feel pretty good about, they didn't come out and say it this way. We feel pretty good about our starting 22 and our backups. Mm-hmm. We need help on special teams. We did hear the second part several times. Yep. We just didn't hear too many names on that. And a quick shout out to Clayton's son. Didn't give a name, but uh, said uh, it's his uh, 16th birthday today. So sweet 16, man, that's uh that's big time. Um, that's, I remember my 16th, like it was yesterday. That's almost half my life ago, but um, happy uh, B day um, to you and all right to your son. And uh, it was great to hear um, that he's uh, doing well. And I don't know if it's if his name is Nick. Is that 
Shout out to my son. Okay, now I thought he was asking me to give a shout out to his son. Great name also. So uh, <laughs> happy birthday to your son, Nick. Um, we appreciate that. Um, so let's start to put a bow on this a little bit before we start to wrap up. We talked to Alex Singleton. We talked to Jonas Griffith. Uh, who do you think it's going to be in the end? Um, just to spoil it, um, we had Mike Evans uh, do an article on it. That's why we're talking about this article mm -hmm. today, um, two days ago. Um, so shout out to Mike Evans for helping us generate some content here today. And uh, he's projected uh, Jonas Griffith saying the biggest threat to the Broncos not making the playoffs is the high octane passing game in the AFC West, a linebacker that can hinder the productive Kansas city chiefs, tight end Travis Kelsey or Las Vegas Raiders. Darren Waller will be key, will be a key component in determining who will come out on top in the camp battle for the starting linebacker spot. Griffith's comfort playing in a similar defense, as well as his athleticism and speed, give him a clear advantage. So uh, he picks Jonas Griffith. Obviously I think that would be ideal for the Broncos because that's the ceiling uh, dis discussion, but I do think that Singleton has more of a chance than uh, many people are letting on. And that's not what we want again, because we want everything to work out and players to reach their ceilings. And if both those guys reach their ceilings, it'll be Griffith. Um, but there's, there's definitely an argument. I think uh, starter smarter. I think number of snaps <clears throat> at the end will go Josie Jewell, Jonas Griffith, Alex Singleton at the inside linebacker position. I think that's where that will, it will be ranked at the end of the year. Uh, assuming everybody says healthy, which mm -hmm. is, uh, which is again, as Peter says, sadly someone will get injured or underperform. Feel pretty good about the performance. We've got some known quantities in there. Um, there's not so many unknowns. You know, we talk about all these young guys and upside. Well, you know, most young guys don't make it. The average lifespan in the NFL is is three years. That's average career length. It's three years. So when you get off your rookie contract, they realize you're not good enough. We're going to replace you with another rookie contract. Yep. Most of these guys are proven commodities. So I don't think the underperformance is as much of a threat as the injury. So assuming everybody is healthy and available, Jewel, Griffith, Singleton would be my top three as far as uh, in that order, as far as uh, snaps played inside. Yeah. Yep. I agree with you there. We got Eclipse coming in saying happy Tuesday, fellas. Happy Tuesday to you, Eclipse. Good to see you. Um, and uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I do think that uh, hopefully it'll be Griffith. Um, and just to poke back at Mike Evans here, talking about, you know, who's going to line up against Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. Don't like it's going to be a linebacker. Um, in those situations, at least in the high leverage situations where it's an obvious pass down, where you don't want those guys to beat you. Um, I think it's much more likely you're going to see a Kawan Williams or a third safety in that position where the linebackers mm -hmm. job is more of a, an area on the field. Um, so to speak, not so much a, stopping an opposing tight end or slot wide receiver. So um, uh, handling crossers and directing traffic over the middle of the field and not getting guys behind them in their uh, direct vicinity and tackling um, when guys do come into your area. That's one reason uh, over the last two seasons, I know it's a small sample size because of injury, but Josie Jewell has been one of the highest graded coverage linebackers in the NFL. And it's not because he's out there playing man coverage down the field, like Luke Keekley on Julio Jones or something. But when guys catch the ball in his area, he tackles them for no gain. Um, and that's what you want mostly from your linebackers in today's NFL, given and, the and disadvantage from an offensive have. point of view. We know how hindering that can be when you're trying to move the ball, when you don't get any yards after catch. And, you know, yeah. Noah Fant was one of those guys. That was probably the thing we lamented the most about him. It's like, dude, you're 260 pounds. Don't just hit it and go down. At least drag the guy for a little bit. Um, yeah. No, I, I, looking at this roster, you know, the, the topic last night was uh, the ESPN slash pro football focus ranks this roster 14th, I think, in the NFL. And the biggest weakness they stated was the inside linebacker position. 
if your biggest weakness on this team is Josie Jewell and, and Alex Singleton and Jonas Griffith, you're going to be pretty damn good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, those, those aren't bad football players for goodness sakes. And in a, in a scheme where that position is phased out a little bit, I, it felt like a little bit of a cop out to me. Like, Oh, I don't want to call out anybody and, and say that, listen, the biggest weakness on this team is right tackle. Um, is is the defensive line is is can they can they hold up against the run because they're a little light up front? It felt like a cop out to me. It's like oh they're not going to use him, so I'll write that down just not to make anybody mad. Because if that's your biggest weakness, your your roster should be a hell of a lot stronger than 14th in the NFL. Yeah. Nope. Absolutely. And uh, we got a comment coming in here from Dale as we're wrapping it up here, saying great show Nick and Scott. Keep getting better, Nick. Thank you, Broncos country, for the fantastic discussion. You all. Have been healing and comforting. Yeah, Dale, been thinking about you. Hopefully you're doing well. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, Scott, any more comments on this uh, linebacker position uh, before we wrap it on up and get on out of here to start our Tuesday? No, again, I just want everybody to stay healthy for goodness sakes. You know, yeah. it's such a shame when these guys, you know, Jonas Griffith has worked his butt off to get this opportunity and now he's earned it. He's in a position where he should be getting a lot of this, you know, so many more snaps than he got last year. Kids, stay healthy, man. Stay healthy and and just it's a it's a such a short career, you know. When you especially when you start getting a little bit older and you start thinking these guys have a window of you know six eight years, one lost year is tragic. It yeah. really is. So just stay healthy. That's what I want for these guys. Is stay healthy. And uh, Chad Momo will be keeping a close eye on him down south, down in Jacksonville. Uh, I know that was someone that. Uh, that Ethan and the DWI guys wanted and uh, never lets us forget. God bless you for it, Ethan. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how how much the the linebacker position is either even used or is a liability this year to see how much sense it would have made for him to be uh, in this defense at all. Because drafting him and having him sit and watch a dime defense be on the field 75% of the time, you'll understand pretty quick like hey it didn't make a whole lot of sense when we're playing five and six defensive backs out there but as always ethan thank you so much for uh being the benefactor of the show and i hope hope you had a, a good day yesterday and over in england like i i put in the comments yesterday i was like we still love our, our english brethren and he said yeah i'm keeping my mouth shut over here <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and uh we had a question come in from luke saying when are we going to start getting monday shows again probably not for another Couple, Five, couple six, weeks. We're almost there. Oh, you think so? Okay. Well, I mean, um, four weeks is August. When preseason starts back up, we yeah. will be we'll be in there. Mm -hmm. Um. So my let me look at my calendar real quick. I have two backpacking trips the end of August, but neither of them cover on a Monday. So uh, yeah, we can probably start when uh regular or when the preseason starts back up. Um. So hopefully it's feeling a little bit settled in the house and things can kind of die down. Although August will be somewhat chaotic. I got a backpacking trip the first week in August, the week of the 18th, the week of the 25th. And then I might be flying back to the Midwest for uh, Labor Day. Um, my dad got tickets for uh, the Cardinals Cubs right behind home plate. And he's been uh, badgering me to go uh, back and see them. So uh, that the might first be preseason game next August 13th. It's coming. You're going to blink twice and it's going to be August 13th. I feel bad for my kids in their 10 week summers now. Remember when we used to have three months? Yeah, it's now it's like, wait a minute, you only got a month left where you have to go back to school. It feels like they just got out. Yep. Welcome to the real world. Punks yeah, now. Yeah. Summer break. <laughs> What's that? God. Um, 
man, it would be a bummer to be a teacher out here if because like the summer doesn't really start until like mid July and you'd already be going back to school. Like <laughs> this nice time in Seattle is August through September. And Those see, it's, it's here in, in the South. They let them out now like the last week of May, which is good because August, it's too damn hot to do anything but sit inside in the air conditioning anyway. So you might as yeah. well be in school and get out in May. Yep. Yep. That's a case or All right, guys. Well, um, good to be back. Feeling better. Obviously, <clears throat> have a little bit of crud in my throat, but uh, <laughs> felt good enough to do 40 miles and like 6,000 feet of elevation gain this weekend. So uh, is what it is. Oh, Scott, we climbed all the way up to a uh, blue glacier on Mount Olympus and uh, we could see for feet. We saw the glacier maybe for 10 seconds, but all the mountains around were covered in fog and clouds. So uh, to go up that high and not see anything was a little bit of a disappointment, but the rain held off. So uh, feeling blessed with that and uh, feeling healthy. Saw some banana slugs, saw some elk, saw some ptarmigans and grouse and uh, everything like that. And the whole rainforest is a magical place. It's the only temperate rainforest on planet Earth. So if you ever get a those, chance to get out here, it's incredible. Those elk are fur covered dinosaurs. They're the, the sounds they make are straight out of Jurassic Park. They're crazy. Yep. You expect like this big, deep. If, you ever, if you've never heard an elk bellow, just Google it real quick. It's scary. Yeah, the bugle is huge. Yeah. <laughs> well, in Olympic, there's actually it's a different type of elk that I think are only found there. They're called the Roosevelt elk, and they're the biggest in the world. So uh, pretty fun. Saw those guys up at Elk Lake. Wow, appropriately named. Um, but that was a good time. Call it um, this anyway. Yeah, we'll have to I'll have to get back out there to get better views. I did it in 2018 um, with my wife when we visited out here and we had perfect views. But my friends that went up was a little bit of a bummer uh, for them because we couldn't see anything. But quite the journey, um, a good time. And uh, maybe one of these days I'll have good weather for a backpacking trip. It's been uh, six trips and I have not had uh, good luck yet there. But uh, fingers crossed, we'll just keep shooting. Um, and thank you guys so much for joining us today. We appreciate you. Um, we <laughs> the fighting banana slugs. Yeah, I saw a lot of banana slugs. Pretty no fun. slime balls. Yep, pretty cool. Um, but uh, appreciate you guys. We'll see you live tomorrow morning on Scott's channel, uh, Forging the Falcons. And uh, until then, make sure you're staying safe. Hopefully, everyone had a good fourth. Uh, choose kindness, choose compassion. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Morning, Broncos country. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent, Joe Biden.
and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.